Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. When you were born, God placed within the heart of every person a sense of eternity, a desire to know eternal significance. From the moment you were born, we're on a quest. We're pre-wired to long for something. That's because every person was made in the very image of God. That means that we can never be completely satisfied with earthly pleasures and physical things. For many years, health professionals have wondered whether there is a genetic tendency in some people toward things like alcoholism and other self-destructive behaviors. While no one may ever be able to definitively prove it one way or another, it's an interesting conversation. Pastor Mark will be teaching about a genetic tendency that all people for sure have. You'll hear about the desire that God has put inside the core being of every person in history. The desire to have significance, to really matter beyond this life and the day-to-day mundane things that make up your earthly existence. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Luke chapter 9 as he continues his message, Sent Out Disciples, Greater. When you're sent out, it happens one step by one step. Understand the scripture says the steps of a righteous man and woman are ordered to the Lord. So here's what I want you to write. Being sent out always requires one thing, a step of faith. Everybody has faith. When you came in the building today, and sat down, you didn't turn to your neighbor and say, does that seat work? You just had what? Faith that it would work, and you sat down, right? Tons of you are going to get in on an airplane tomorrow or this week. You're going to travel somewhere. Do you go up to the pilot and go, uh, how long have you been doing this? Is it going to work? If it wasn't going to work, you think he'd be up there? So faith is not like this weird thing. All the way through the Bible, we simply see people stepping out in faith. It's a normal thing. Now, I always kind of think of faith like this. You're walking, right here's a corner. This is a corner. And faith is simply God's calling you and you're stepped out. And he's calling you to turn the corner. And when you turn the corner, you have no idea what's around the corner. That's faith. You're just following God. And when you get around the corner, God's going to be there with his power and with his authority. And he's going to be there and he's going to help you meet the need. But see, my comfort zone is like, okay, God, will you tell me what's around the corner? Then I'll go. God never does that. When he called Abraham, he said, Abraham, I'm taking you to a land. 
You're going to form a nation. From that nation is going to come Jesus. Abraham, I'm sure, said, where is that? What's it look like? He says, we're going. Here we go. So that's faith. Now, I want you to understand, it was time for these disciples to put all this three years of learning into practice. Many of you have been a Christian a long time. You've been studying the word a long time. It's time to get out of your comfort zone and put the word into practice. Here's the way you want to write it. It's very simple. Sent out simply means application of what we're learning. Application of what we're learning. And we call that simply sticky faith. We get out of our comfort zone. We apply what we're learning. And as we do that, God begins to just change us and it begins to move us to something called life, real, exciting life. Now, I'm proud of you because over the last mm, seven or eight weeks, so many of you have stepped out of your comfort zone. Now, we challenge you that everything you have is from God. Everything you have is from God. And God wants to bless you and use you. Now, what does that look like? Well, we give back to God 10% off the top of what he's given us. It's called tithing. And as we do that, God changes us. And some of you have got it. It's a lifestyle for you now. And because we challenge you to trust God to do that, you say, well, what does God promise? Well, God promised to give back to you. Let me read a little snippet of someone who just wrote me. Remember, God says, go ahead and give it, and I'll prove to you that you can live on 90% more than you can under. Now, here we go. Pastor Mark, I'm blessed to be able to share our experience with you. This came to me this week. Since moving back from another state, I've changed the name, so you don't know who this is. James has been unemployed, and we've really struggled financially. But somehow, through all of this, through the ups and downs, we've never lost our faith. Now, James began a new job just before your tithing message. We were so grateful for the timing. As we sat that weekend, my teenage daughter, sitting with us, turned to me during the teaching and said to her dad and myself, well, I guess you'll be tithing next week, huh? Right on, teenager, go for it. I love it. So we wrote a check and gratefully returned to God a portion of what he'd given us. So they took the challenge from God and did it. Now, let me tell you what happened. The next week, I went to work, and I was surprised because on my desk was a card and an envelope. I don't know who. I don't know if more than one person. When I opened the card, the exact amount we paid for ties was in the card. And I said, Pastor Mark, you arranged that so it would look good. <laughs> Listen to her next statement. Understand that no one but my husband and I knew the amount. Now, what had God just done to them? Proved his what? Faithfulness. Let's say you gave $75 in ties. She goes in on Monday morning on her desk is an envelope from somebody she doesn't know or many people with how much? $75. Well, just another coincidence of obeying God. Really? See, right now, 80% of you are going, that's ridiculous. That, do you understand that God does the supernatural? 
The supernatural is just as real as you are. So trust God with your life. Not just about the money, but trust God with your life. She goes on and just talks about all the neat things that were happening and how God has blessed them. So thank you for all of you that have done that. Now, well, Pastor Mark, if you say stepping out requires a step of faith, what is faith? Where does it come from? And what does God think about it? Well, let's turn in our Bibles to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. Now, as you get there, go down to verse 6. Look at the first word. And without faith, read it with me, it is impossible to please God. Are you kidding me, Pesimar? Here's what the world says. You prove it to me. There's a God. There's a heaven. There's a hell. You prove it to me, then I'll believe. God never works that way. Here's what God says. You believe, and I'll prove it to you. You say, well, that's God. I mean, how can he say that? He's God. You're not. So he wants us to trust him. Well, how can I trust him? Spend time with him. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, look at the rest of it. Because anyone who comes to him must believe he exists. In the Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God. God never tried to prove his existence. He doesn't need to prove it. He just says, in the beginning, God. He exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. God's a rewarder if we'll seek him. So what is the definition of faith? Here's, here's a definition that I use in my life. Faith is the complete confidence that God will do what he said or what he's promised. Faith is the complete confidence. There has to be an object of faith. You don't put your faith here in the church in a man. You don't put it in a building. You don't put it in a religion. The Christian faith is about the object of faith is God and his word. So faith is the complete confidence that God will do what he said or what he promised. The faith that we have, I can say to you today, when you die, if you're a Christian, I can say to you 100%, if I'm doing your funeral, I can say to you 100%, that person is in heaven, absent from the body, present instantly with the Lord. Now, how do I have confidence in that? Because that's what the Bible tells me. Doing a funeral for an unbeliever is very difficult because we already know what's happened there. They're going to be separated from God forever because they refuse to believe. So if faith is related to what God says in his promises, where do we find them? What are you holding in your hand today? The Bible. Here's what the scripture says. Notice in the book of Romans. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the, say it with me, the word of God. Why do you think we teach the word of God here? So as I'm teaching, your faith in God is growing. If I can't please God without faith, and if getting out of my comfort zone requires a step of faith, you're already saying, okay, I can do that. I want to please God. Everybody here wants to please God. Absolutely. So I'm going to have to have faith, and God will help me when I do that. See, all the people in the Bible are like you and me. 
Moses hadn't heard from God for 40 years, and one day God shows up and he says to Moses, Moses, I'm sending you out of this wilderness where you're at. I'm sending you out to deliver the children of Israel. They've been in bondage 400 years. Now, you talk about outside your comfort zone. What had Moses been doing the last 40 years? Tending sheep, going to the same places, getting up in the morning, having his bagel and cream cheese, (laughs) maybe not, (laughs) saying goodbye to his kids, going out with the sheep every day, 40 years, sit in the same seat in church for 40 (laughs) years. And one day God says, uh, we're going to change that. And what did Moses say? Oh, no. I can't step out of the box. I don't have the ability to step out of the box. I'm out of my comfort zone. So what did God say? He gave him a promise. Because if he's going to step out, it's going to require faith. So God gave him two promises. And God said, promise number one, I will be with you. You have that promise. You're going to see, we have the Holy Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit is always with us because he lives in us. So when I step out of my comfort zone, God's with me. Then he says this, and this will be a sign to you that it is I who have sent you out of your comfort zone when you have brought these people out of Egypt. When these people are freed, not if, when, you will worship God in this mountain. Second promise, Moses, I never intended you to step out of your comfort zone by yourself. I'm going to be with you, and just me being with you will give you success. See, God's word and promises to Moses stirred up his faith, and he began to see that if he would follow God, God would prove himself to be real. Now, let me ask you a question. Which would you rather have? Forty years of tending sheep. Nothing changing. To a Moses who would step out, one day God took his staff. God said to Moses, throw it down. He threw it down. It turned into a snake. Then he required him to pick it up. He picked it up and it turned back into a staff. When he got to Egypt, all the supernatural plagues were done by God. Moses got to watch them. As they headed into the wilderness, He freed the people. But guess who came after him? Pharaoh. They were boxed in at the Red Sea. And what did God do to the Red Sea? You've watched the movie a million times. What did he, come on now. What did he do? He parted the Red Sea. Remember my little circle? Here you are, and here's life. How did he get there? By stepping out. And then when they had no water, Moses hit a rock, and water came out, pure crystal water came out for two million people. For 40 years, six days a week, they went out, and supernaturally, there was food from heaven. Now, which life would you like to have? 40 years. You say, Pastor Mark, that's like stupid. I'm not saying a thing. How did he do it? He had a promise from God, and he stepped out. So I want you to write this. Moving out of our comfort zone will eliminate boredom and expand our lives. Once you take a step of faith 
And it's just small to start with. And then God begins to expand it. Once you do that, it will eliminate boredom and expand your life. There's nothing more exciting, more expanding, more challenging than following Jesus on a daily basis. Nothing. In spite of all our difficulties and trials in our life, to be sent out to minister for Jesus is absolutely the best lifestyle in the world. Now, just a moment. I want to share something with you, and I don't want you to take this wrong. Church ministry is never about you. It's never about me. But let me ask you a question. What if when God came to me and my wife and said, I want you to step out, And I want you to go to Melbourne with no guarantees of anything. And I left hospital pharmacy where I was a director for 25 years, worked in a church, taught couples, groups, and whatever, loved life, was very comfortable where I was because I was living a great life. I was traveling. I worked with computers. We established some of the first computers in the whole world in pharmacy. It was amazing. God had given it all to me. But to step out, I had to leave that. I didn't know anything around the corner. Let me ask you a question. Understand what I'm going to say to you. What if Linda and I had not stepped out? Where would you be? Where would the children of Israel have been? Pastor Dave stepped out from a very lucrative position. Pastor Dean, Pastor Bull, every pa- Pastor Norm, all of our pastors stepped out and answered God. But see, it's not about a pastor. It's you. When you step out, you bring people to Christ. After church, God did a miracle. Somebody was dying while having surgery, and they didn't think the, he was even going to come out of it. It happened suddenly. And so I went to the hospital. God did a miracle in him. And I walked in, and in the ICU, and a head nurse was there and said, Pastor Mark, so glad to see you. I love the church. And then I began to talk, and she said, well, I invited somebody else this week. See, that's stepping out of your comfort zone. Why would you invite someone? Because you know following Jesus Christ is the most exciting lifestyle in the whole world. Why would you keep it to yourself? There's a young lady. I could never come close to her. Her name's Corey Timboon. Many of you know her. She wrote this statement. Here it is. Faith is a fantastic adventure in trusting him. In other words, stepping out of your comfort zone. Not because you want to do it. Oh, I think I'd like to be the head of a corporation, so I'll go for that. No, 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 no. It's a promise of God. Faith is always based on a promise from God. God calling you to something. Now, Luke chapter 9. Now, before Jesus sent them out, he gave them two things. These were two essential things. Look at verse 1 and 2 again, Luke chapter 9. We need to understand these. And when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority. You need power. I need power and authority to drive out demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God. If I'm going to preach, if I'm going to share, I have to have a message. So he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. The instructions, Jesus gave them a message. It's the good news. He gave them a message. And then Jesus equipped them with authority and power. Jesus wanted them to be his representatives in the world. 
Their training and practical experience would equip them to disciple others as they'd been discipled. Let me read to you just a picture of the good news. And there's a million ways for you to present the good news, but I just want to read this to you. What is the good news? There is a God who loves you. You were created to be God's friend, but your sin separates you from a holy God. Even on your best day, your good works cannot bridge that gap. 2,000 years ago, God sent his son Jesus to lay down his life on the cross so that all who choose could become friends of God, sons and daughters of God. Today, that resurrected Jesus stands outside the door of your heart. He wants to come in and forgive you of your sins. He wants to come in and bring you the hope of heaven. He wants to come in and become your perfect friend for eternity and life. The choice is yours. You see, there's lots of ways to get there. Why would they have to have a message? Why would Jesus send them out? I want to answer that. By looking at verse 10, same chapter where you're at. I'll begin in the middle, verse 10 and 11. Then he took them with him, role model again, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But, uh, circle this, the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Why crowds? Why everywhere Jesus went, why crowds, masses of people? Why in 20 years, when the disciples started in the book of Acts, in 20 years they turned their world upside down, which was all pagan? How did that happen? It has to do with that word we called searching. King Solomon in the Old Testament wrote from God this amazing principle, Ecclesiastes 3.11. It says this, he has planted eternity in the human heart. What does that mean? When you were born, India, Africa, China, the United States, wherever, when you were born, God placed within the heart of every person a sense of eternity, a desire to know eternal significance. From the moment you were born, we're on a quest We're pre-wired to long for something. That's because every person was made in the very image of God. That means that we can never be completely satisfied with earthly pleasures and physical things. Because we were created in God's image, we have a spiritual thirst. We have an eternal value. We know we're going to live somewhere forever. And we understand, eventually, that nothing but a relationship with God can satisfy this. Thanks for joining Pastor Mark today on Lessons for Living. If you'd like to hear more from this study, you can find additional teachings online now at calvaryccm.com. We know that this time in our world is uncertain, but one truth remains steadfast. God is in control. During this season, we encourage you to spend time in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of your Creator. As with many churches across our nation, Pastor Mark and the Calvary Chapel Melbourne community are holding church 
online. The church isn't the building, it's the people who despite whatever obstacles are in their way, they still worship Jesus and praise His name. We'd love for you to join us. Visit calvaryccm.com slash live or join us over on Facebook, YouTube, or Roku. We'll be having services on Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. We look forward to worshiping with you in this way until we can be gathered together as the body once again. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we're constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying about for you? Let us know by visiting our contact page at calvaryccm.com. And would you do the same for us? Please keep Pastor Mark and our church staff in your prayers, along with our nation's leaders and those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying. If you feel led to support Lessons for Living financially during this time, we would be very grateful. You can donate online at calvaryccm.com. That's all for today. Join us again for another edition of Lessons for Living.